was a confidence that came with just like being around Coach Leach, you know? Um, he was different. You never really felt like an underdog with him. He had confidence. Uh, it's part confidence, part just really not giving a fuck what people thought, you know? Like. Gardner Minshew right there paying homage to his former head football coach at Washington State University. Gardner's going to have quite a week. We'll get into it. Mike Leach memorialized and remembered yesterday in Mississippi, I believe, playing Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast, News Narrative Sticks Gambling. Gardner Minshew, um, the story goes that him and Saban wanted him equally. Mike Leach wanted him and Saban wanted him. Saban maybe wanted him to start. Maybe he wanted him to play. Who knows? But Mike Leach's pitch was like, oh, you want to hold a clipboard for uh, Nick or you want to lead the country in passing, okay? (laughs) That's what he said to him. Gardner uh, went on part of my take a couple years ago and said that he and other quarterbacks at Washington State would purposely try to avoid eye contact with Mike Leach during film sessions when he would say something that was not related to football because he, they knew if they made eye contact with him, they would lose 20 minutes and they would just start talking about something else. <laughs> Which Mike Leach, he said, a coach would always uh, fish for that. Gardner Minshew looks like he's going to start this week for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles because Jalen Hurts appears to have a non-serious, semi-serious injury to his throwing shoulder, but... Gardner is the most backup-y backup that ever backed up, man. He could probably start for a handful of teams. Maybe he'll get a shot to start again one day. The Eagles are going to be just fine with him. However, that is why the line for Eagles-Cowboys was weird. It opened at Cowboys minus one right away, and everyone was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. The Cowboys are not as good, even though it's in Dallas. So what are we doing here? And then, throughout the day, it moved quickly to Cowboys minus three, which is a big line for a team that should probably be an underdog. And then everyone's like, oh, Jalen Hurts is hurt. That makes sense. And now it's Cowboys. (laughs) What? Now it's Cowboys minus four and a half, sometimes minus five. Gardner's going to be just fine, folks. That's my take, and I'm sticking to it. It is Controversial Wednesday. We have some controversies, not a lot. Let's start with this one. In Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals have a weird conspiracy happening. So, they have an offensive line coach or defensive line coach. I don't really remember, and it does not matter. There was some sort of line coach, offensive line. Steve Kugler is his name. He was fired immediately after the team played somebody in Mexico City, I believe San Francisco, a couple weeks back. He was fired for allegedly doing some inappropriate shit. Um, it's It had a creepy vibe to it, like women were involved, maybe drugs, who knows. Um, but he was fired for perhaps doing some illegal shit. It has since uh, been reported that there's reason, and the conspiracy theory is weird. So Steve Keim, who is the general manager of the Cardinals, who just signed an extension with the team, and everyone's like, yeah, maybe they should fire that guy. Steve Kime has taken a leave of absence, I believe. I think he's taken like a, like a health-related leave of absence. Then everybody's looking like, you know, Sean Kugler, the line coach, and Steve Kime, the GM, look alike. And so everyone's like, oh, shit. Is it possible that there's mistaken identity here. 
is it possible that everyone thinks the guy that should have been fired was Steve Keim and the guy that was actually fired was Sean Coogler? Well, I'll tell you what. Coogler, the guy that was fired, is suing and alleging that. Which is wild. That's quite the lawsuit to bring forth if you don't have any grounds for it. That makes me think that, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Kime, of course, I think, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. I believe he does have a record. Oh, I got to pop my neck. Oh, peek behind the curtain. Kime does have a record with DUI, I think. I'm pretty sure. And some other stuff. Yeah, he's not a great, not a great dude. So I guess it would make sense that he would do something weird in Mexico and then they would just fire the guy that they thought that it was. Like, oh, well, nip that shit in the bud. <laughs> so, bro, I don't... That's crazy to me. Uh, speaking of coaches who are creepy losers, Chris Beard, the head coach of Texas basketball. Texas basketball was allegedly back. He has been suspended indefinitely by the University of Texas after uh, assault charges on his wife. Um, after choking people. He was arrested. Um, domestic violence. So that's not really a controversy. That guy's just a loser. The Masters Golf Tournament has ruled that it's going to allow live golfers to compete in 2023, opening the door to something that will become quite the shit show in professional golf because... As I take a drink of my coffee, yeah, I get jealous. Because the only thing deterring these golfers from just all buying into the live tour is the fact that they would uh, be allowed or disallowed to compete in these major championships, and the Masters is the one they want the most. And so if they can compete in the Masters, why, you know, fuck the PGA. And I think this is the Masters also saying to the PGA, like, we're a bigger deal than you, PGA Tour. So the, the major tournaments, the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, are not affiliated with the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour is something different. Now, all of those tournaments understand very clearly that they have more power than the tournament or the tour, excuse me, the, but they always, always have. Most casual golf fans like myself will not really pay attention to any random tournaments. The Waste Management Open is fun. The Players' Championship is fun. The FedEx, uh, is, for some reason, is always fun. But people don't really pay attention to other ones unless you're a hardcore, you know, you're a golf fan. And it's the same way in tennis. Four big tournaments and then everything else is whatever. So when the Masters comes out and rules like, yeah, we're going to let these guys compete, that's... That's precedent. The other tournaments can then be like, yeah, fine, fuck it. Let them compete, you know? And why, like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they do that? Of course, obviously, they have to. Now that the Masters has done it, the, U, the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship will probably continue to be a PGA Tour because it's the PGA event, but then the Live could theoretically just throw their own major and keep that open to anybody. And I mean, it's... Golfers need to make more money for their services... Um, but the PGA Tour, I believe, is going to collapse. This will be the year. Because if, if, if these golfers can play in the majors, then it's done. I actually think what's going to happen, sometimes I have good takes and sometimes I have bad takes. My actual take is that Saudi Arabia is going to get bored of wasting money on golf. Right now, what they're trying to do is, and we talked about it, sport washing, sport washing, sport washing, where you get good at sports and you look like you have a good sports thing going on to make it look like your country. So people associate your country with other stuff, and it, it, it creates a distraction. Eventually, quite frankly, this distraction is not going to be worth it. People are going to be like, why? It's Saudi Arabia, the sovereign wealth fund, which is allegedly worth a trillion dollars. Like the royal family could be worth a trillion dollars because they don't have to report to anybody. There's no taxes. They don't pay taxes. 
Um, and because of that, I think that eventually someone's going to be like, um, why are we setting this money on fire? Who gives a shit about this golf stuff? And if when that happens, if the PGA Tour has collapsed at that point, oh my God, what a nightmare that'll be because there'll be nowhere else to go. So the PGA Tour needs to pay more, but these golfers need to understand that this oil spigot can dry up at any point in time. Live is wasting money. This is wasting money. They're not making money on any of this. No one's watching on TV. No one's going to these events. We played some clips last year. The events are sad. I think it's possible people start watching on TV just because it's, they play 54 holes of golf instead of 72, so it's a three-day tournament instead of a four-day tournament. And maybe they can do, they can play around with some fun ideas. I think um, match play, stroke play, other like there are some cool games that you can play that you play with your friends. I would like to see some of these golfers play a two-man best ball. That'd be fun. Like there's there's more fun ways to play golf than just just you know teeing it up and playing for four days. But um, I think that the oil is going to shut off at some point some point kind of soon because they're like it's going to serve its purpose maybe not like in a year but like two or three years and then if the pga tour is screwed or if they have a, a vendetta you know are any of these golfers really famous enough to warrant the pga just welcome welcoming the back with open arms i don't know i really don't know it's gonna get weird um so we're gonna pay attention to that Brittany griner after being released from a russian jail in a trade that the u.s lost <laughs> um they just the optics of it are, of course, bad because the guy's name was like the Lord of War or whatever. But he'll be extradited into another country. I'm sure Colombia would like to torture him to death or something. Um, Brittany Greiner wants to return to the WNBA, which puts her in a, an impossible position. It's going to be rough. But if enough people want to go to games to boo her, the WNBA might make some more money. Um, the WNBA players are trying to uh, campaign for and earn an equal share of revenue that men make in the NBA so that the revenue share is as high However, the WNBA operates at a loss right now. There's hope that eventually it'll be profitable, so there's just no way that's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, that's that's happening in the WNBA. Maybe Brittany Griner can be part of the solution there. People thought that maybe she would. My take is that same thing with men's professional soccer. Basketball is played in basketball season. The WNBA, like soccer, is like, well, nothing happens in the summer, so let's just play it in the summer. Like, no, nope. Stop. Nope. Basketball happens during basketball season. Like, I mean, yes, you will not be as popular as the NFL. I mean, honestly, if you want to play a 60-game season and start on Christmas like the NBA should, that's probably the move. But whatever. I mean, it's not... It's no one else's problem. You know, basketball is played during basketball season. Soccer is played during soccer season. I don't think they should try to rewrite the rules. And, you know, that's just my... That's just my take. The shift will be banned in baseball this year, which I think is objectively stupid because everybody's like, hey, the games are too long. But ban the shift and want more offense. Well, in baseball, you cannot have shorter games and, and, and more offense. They are they're, they're opposites. They, they, they contradict one another. Think about it hard, okay? If there's more offense, the game takes more time because every time a guy gets not out, the game extends. The reason I like the shift is it means you have to hit the shit out of the baseball. So the shift is you take an infielder, a second baseman, or a shortstop and move them over to the other side. So instead of having two infielders on either side, you have a first baseman and then either two other guys on the right side or two other or three guys on the left side, right? Because that's where pull hitters, it's just easier to hit with your dominant hand the opposite way. Anyway, regardless, to pull it with your non-dominant hand. Irregardless, I know that's not a word, you cannot have more offense and a faster game. I would rather have a faster game. Let's get these people hitting ground, infield grounder singles. Get the fuck out of here. I don't, 
Let's get out. That's an out. Bye. That's, I mean, the shift is fine. I'm completely fine with the shift. Hit the baseball hard. Or hit it to the place where they aren't. I don't understand the problem. I I do think that the, a, a good rule would be to everybody's feet have to be on the dirt. Nobody, like, in the weird parts. That'd be a fun rule. That would also make the dirt purposeful because right now it's kind of pointless. Unless you're, like, really up on the baseball so uh, or up on the on the baseline. So, but this, regardless, this band of the shift has created a a bit of a gold rush for players that can that are left-handed or uh, that hit left-handed that are right-hand dominant or whatever, because they can hit it to the right side of the infield between the first and second baseman. With the shift being banned, there's a lot of stupid grounders that have been out in the last couple of years that are going to be hits now. So now a bunch of people who are not that good are getting a lot of money, and we can see this vicious cycle that baseball is in. The shift being banned is fine. The pitch clock should have happened much earlier. They should award balls and strikes. It should be a hard pitch count like a buzzer. Ball. That's it. Oh, and no timeouts. No calling time. Under any circumstances. I don't understand why that's not a thing. Time blue, like you're going to scratch my balls. No. You're a grown man. Hit the fucking ball. The pitch is ready. You got to be up there. Put it on the hitter. Look, I just saw baseball. Is that amazing? Like Joey Gallo hits like 20 home runs a year and gets out like most of the time. Got one other thing that I think is interesting before we get out of here. Army has a an elite uh, NFL draft prospect. His name is Andre Carter II, and he's a pass rusher and outside linebacker. And he will be, last year he may have been a first-round pick. This year probably be a second, maybe even a third-round pick. But whether or not he'll be able to play is up to Congress. So um, there's a National Defense Authorization Act that has closed a loophole that will allow athletes from service academies um, to defer their five years of service in order to play professional sports. So it's unclear if the if the bill passes. he may or may not be able to play. However, Congress has tacked on a, an additional thing for him to be able to play uh, in the NFL right away. So that means that they closed the loophole, but they allowed, they, they created a loophole for Andre Carter and other people. I do think that playing professional sports is better PR and advertising than, than your five years of service. And he would defer the five years of service, so I believe he would still owe the service uh, to the academy, which is fine, I think... Um, I think it's a win-win situation. I don't know why. I mean, it shouldn't be a thing. And the United States should want this kid to be on a huge platform and make a ton of money and bring attention to the armed services in any positive way that he can. That'll do it. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Thursday Night Football tomorrow. I believe, I could be wrong, I think it's a huge game. Jags and Jets, playoffs on the line. Who'd have thunk it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable.